With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today is the 15th of January. We are right in the middle of this month. A lot is happening, at least in America. And um, I heard kind of an interesting expression yesterday about America from somebody outside of our country. She, excuse me, she lives in England. And she said at first when she started watching the news, because she wasn't someone who watched the news very much, she felt like she was following a reality show with all the craziness that's been happening in America. And she'd watch it and, you know, this whole let me say the craziest thing and, you know, it affecting the entire country, whatever the crazy thing was in And she said she got riveted and couldn't stop watching. Just couldn't stop. Because she said there was no, like, end of the show. Even until today. So just the fact that, you know, from a younger person's point of view, I thought to myself, wow, you know, imagine, because we're in it. We're living it every day. And, you know, there's there's a lot going on, and that's just to say the least. And sometimes because the lie grabs so much attention in life, period, I don't care if it's in a small situation or in a magnified situation, it, it doesn't allow us to focus on some of the better things. So we start to feel like, oh, my God, we're doomed. We have this pandemic that won't stop, and no one's, you know, really doing much about it. And and people are dying and it's it's just like you know well so many people died today and then we have our whole political um situation in the past week that kind of overtook um you know our minds and our thoughts and started rerouting our thoughts and you know and then we can't see each other at least in California or in southern California it's it's a hard push if we want to get together because the numbers are so high that if we needed help in any hospital, it would be hard to get help for anything, not just for COVID. But, you know, if we got sick with any other illness, where where do we go right now? Every hospital in my area is maxed out. 
um, and and having people in tents, and and then there's the healthcare workers. So there's a lot going on in our world, whether we want to believe it or not, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, it doesn't stop it from happening. And it does affect us. It does affect us. For some people, it is a reality show. And for others, we're living it. And just seeing someone younger's point of view just totally shocked me and and kind of threw me for a loop there for a minute. I'm like, wow, I never thought of it that way. But that's how we were looked at. So today I have two questions. I have one from Liam. And Liam says, why do we sometimes self-sabotage when things are going good? Is it a self-esteem issues that we can't handle success? Well, that's really interesting because success is measured by us, what we think is successful. And then there's the success that is measured by others, right? The, okay, you went to this school, and okay, you did this, and you have accomplished that, and you got this diploma, and you have that job, and and you have a family now, or whatever it is you're doing in life, we have these measurements of, oh, those are all the markers of success. But to even begin to accept that success, We have to be able to accept the small things, the things that are like, wow, this feels good, and and I'm okay with it feeling good. I'm okay with that. And then just be quiet, not like, oh, well, then this can go wrong and that can go wrong. There's um, a young lady that I've been uh, mentoring, and there was an issue. She wanted to talk to me again, and I go, oh, my God, what's wrong? She finally left the person that wasn't right for her. She she finally met someone that is right for her. What could be wrong? I hear she's happy from everybody. So we talked. And she was scared of being happy. She was scared of it. Things felt so right that she did not know how to be in a relationship where she was with someone that she didn't want to change. That things were just kind of okay in their life. That was hard for her. Just to take that breath and trust that that's all there was to it. When we have a problem, we feel like we have to come up with like this map. This, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how this is going to work. We feel like we have to do that. But then when things are good, we don't have to do that. We can actually take a breath and do something else. And say, wow, this is okay. And that is super hard to do. We have to overcome a lot of mental chatter to get there. That mental chatter that says, well, oh, my God, your problem slot is empty. Got to find a problem, stick in that slot. But how do we do that? Well, now we've got to do this self-talk thing where we have to say things to ourselves. 
like, hey, and this is my favorite Maya Angelou phrase, quote, is I I know better now. I can do better. Hers was, once you know better, do better. But how do we take that into usable information? Is when we're in the situation, we literally have to remind ourselves, like, hey, I don't want to think like that anymore. Ego, thanks for coming by. Good try. But I'm actually going to take a breath. Next week, I am going to do yet another show. I do it like once every year or so. But I learned a lot more about sleeping and breathing. Taking a breath. One of those breaths that you go all the way in and you come all the way back up with. Gives you enough time to see what your mind is doing to you. That's why when people want someone to calm down, they automatically say, you know, take a breath. And you're like, but I am breathing. I used to actually say that back. And they're like, no, you're not. You're kind of shallow breathing, and that increases anxiety. So we really have to pay attention to ourselves more when we are happy than we are when we are upset because we all know how to be upset but we all don't know how to accept happiness and it's way more prevalent than any of us think and sometimes when we are in a good place we start looking at what's missing what's missing what's missing instead of I'm going to allow myself to count my blessings be grateful, to enjoy. There's things like, you know, every day I wake up and I do the show every weekday. And if I don't do the show, I feel like something is missing. But then I say, but thank God we have a show. Thank God we have a place to talk. Thank God these topics are pulled out of us so that we are not putting ourselves in a place of self-sabotage. We can catch it. I thank God for the people in the chat. And we have Rev Ali's here today. I haven't ever seen you in chat, so thanks for coming by. I have my little three musketeers, and, and, you know, we get to just say good morning or good day because we're able to enjoy a moment It is so easy to take a look at what we have in our lives and not remember how much work it took us to get to enjoying the moment we are in. To do that. So when you meet somebody who is able to be in the moment, we immediately attract to them Because in the back of our mind, because we don't come out with these things, we just know them. It's like the energy preceding words. That they had to figure something out to be able to accept their own happiness. 
and we want some of that. We want <laughs> we want to know, hey, what did you do? How how did you get here? And you will find out from them that their lives were hard fought for. Their lives were hard fought for. Their experiences were some of the toughest experiences you may ever hear. But they weren't going through the hard stuff to stay there. They were going through the hard stuff to get past it. And when we start learning from our experiences, which it sounds like that's where you're at, Liam, then ego comes in and tries to shake that rug under your feet and tell you, yeah, this has worked out finally, but look at over here, and then you got the spinning plates going around your head, which you don't deserve. So once you've earned this place where things are rolling, don't get scared of them going away. Understanding love and self-love never goes away. Once you're there, you're there. Because it's a lot of work to get there. So when you're somewhere you understand, you're always going to get a new challenge. If somebody finally lived in a house and they were in an apartment all their lives and and they're like, wow, I have this house, and then you get in the house, and the house is a lot of work. It's like people, right? There's always a pipe going or something that needs to be done or whatever. There's always something falling apart. But there is a beauty in that repair. There is that light that we follow that it will work and it will be good and we'll take care of it and let's do it right. Let's not just patch up that hole. Let's fill the hole. Let's sand it. Let's paint it. We have choices of how we do things, and how we do things earns us this emotional freedom to be able to talk back to that voice in our heads that tries to trip us up as soon as we get going. So self-sabotage is a learned behavior that we can unlearn. But then your second part of the question, is it a self-esteem issue that we can't handle success? Self-esteem and self-worth, feeling you deserve. We have to remind ourselves over and over again, how do you think media gets to us? If they repeat the same thing over and over again to the point where you're saying it without even thinking about it. And it may very well not even be true. But you've heard it so many times, you start to question yourself instead of the question. So when we attack our own self-esteem and our own self-worth, we believe it. Oh, well, everyone else succeeds, not me. Because they got what they wanted in life. I didn't. 
I have this issue and this issue, and we've lined them up. We have like this laundry list, and we repeat it over and over again in our heads till we believe it. And they may very well be issues, but no issue is meant to stay. Every issue is meant to be faced. And you obviously faced enough to say, hey, things are going pretty good. What can I do to mess that up? The fact that they're going pretty good should be the focus. Not the takeaway. That how are you going to mess this up? I remember, and this was before I saw Christ, when way back when I first got divorced in the late 90s, I was dating someone. And we'd gone out on a couple of dates, and one day we went to a movie, and and we were walking out of the movie, and he said to me, so when is the other shoe going to drop? And I was like, well, what are you talking about the other shoe? Like, what do you mean? When is the other shoe going to drop? Like, what happened? And he said to me, when is the real you going to come out? I was stunned. I was stunned at the mindset. Here I was looking for a life that I didn't know before. And I had this fantasy in my mind that everyone that wasn't my husband, because my husband was very, very hard on me. And as I started dating, because I did not date prior to my husband, because we were not allowed to, I had no experience in it. So all I had was the fantasy. And all I wanted was freedom. Freedom to learn, freedom to try to have a hand in my own destiny. And when he said that, I was like, I don't know. I don't think there's another side of me. And if there is, I I don't know who that is. And here I was, a single mom of two kids, hoping for love, hoping for finding that happiness somewhere in life. And really, that was all I wanted outside of the life I had. That was the only thing I thought would be like, would complete somehow this fantasy I had of how I wanted my life to be. But he self-sabotaged the relationship, expecting something bad to happen. I was blindsided by that statement. I never married my husband. I would have tried to prove that statement wrong and try to keep showing him how good I was. But instead, when I heard that, I thought, oh, my God, this man will never truly be happy. I do not want to be with anyone who's looking for my worst to come out. Now that he put that on the table, that told me more about him than anything else he said. It was like this door was open 
and he walked up to the door and just slammed it shut, and you could hear it for miles on. I remember I could not wait to get home. I knew that I will never see him on a date again. We later became friends, and that was as far as it will ever go. And I saw that mindset play itself out over and over again in his life. He married a woman after that. He would call me and complain about her. She wants a certain kind of car, but I'm going to get her this car instead. They were both the same amount of money. He just didn't want to get her what she wanted. Because part of his psyche was a pure self-sabotage, and he could not see that he was doing it. He was really good at taking care of himself. He bought himself the car he wanted, but he would say, well, look, because of me, she belongs to this country club. Look, because of me, she drives this nice car, even though it's not the one she wants, but I'm not going to get her the one she wants. And I flat out told him, you keep talking like that, and this will be your fourth divorce. And it was. It was. Because in his mind, he really believed that good was too good to be true. And in my mind, I believed that good was great. Two different operating systems. Thank God I had a smidgen of self-worth. And thank God I was beat up emotionally in the first marriage I had. That I could see that. Or I would have been number four. So when we say things... I see Ali says the flesh can be so far from the spirit. It was. It was detached. So what we think and how we think it is huge. And having a smidgen of self-worth, we can grow that. We can grow it. We can say, hey, wait a minute. Why do I do that? So question yourself. Why do I feel like it's hard to feel good? Oh, because I'm not used to it. I'm so used to fighting. And if I don't fight, what will I fill that space with? Well, you have to retrain your brain. And you have to reroute how you think. So then when you have that spare time, Instead of sitting there mulling over something or writing about how things don't work or or talking about how things aren't working or pretending everything is not working, pick up a good book. Watch a movie that ends well. Let your spirit stay in a place, can find a sense of peace and calm in. 
and we have to nurture that. That doesn't just show up at our doors. You have to find that in this messy world. I could wake up every day and complain to you about the day. I'm sure I have enough ammunition to continue a show for the rest of my lifetime. But why would I want to do that? There's a lot more money to be made on fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt. Or saying something awful. But all of that is temporary. None of that builds us. Tears us down. Down to a place where it's so hard to get up that we may actually waste the entire time God gave us to be here on that. But we're always at that fork in the road. And we always have the opportunity to repave our lives with love. That self-love that's become such a trendy word is real. It is the first thing Christ addressed in my life, and I had no idea how much of it I had and how much of it I didn't have. I had no idea why self-love mattered as long as I looked good, felt good, pretended to be good when I wasn't. As long as everybody around me was happy, it didn't matter if I was. And I was always depleted. I felt older, younger than I feel now older because I freed myself of that weight of lack of self-acceptance that we don't even see because we were taught to not accept ourselves. We were taught insecurity. Before the pandemic, I went on a trip to Italy. I'd never been there. I was there for two and a half weeks. I traveled the entire outer coast of Italy. And I met people, and I couldn't figure out what it was I loved about them, all of them. There wasn't anyone I met that I didn't feel like I could go and eat in their home. And they invite you, by the way. There wasn't one. And I didn't know what it was. And I came back, and I said, what is it about the people? Because I'm so tied in to people's behavior. And it was that acceptance. The people I met, I don't know about the whole population, they were able to accept that they were enjoying their lives. They enjoyed every meal. They enjoyed meeting people. They were emotionally present. They weren't racing There aren't many big grocery stores the way they have in America. They have those markets, what we call here farmer's markets. Those are their, that's where people shop. If you want packaged foods and stuff like that, you actually have to find a market to buy it. Their self-esteem was intact. Their identity, their identity, 
who they are was intact. They weren't perfect by any means, but they were pure. And they were perfect in the sense that perfection is love. When you come from America, you think perfect is the right car, the right house, the right this, the right that. That was all a far second to them being happy. Challenge your thoughts, Liam. If you get a thought that, you know, is ego's best tool for the day, tell it to leave. Say, hey, you know what? I know you came in. Probably you were invited, but I'm not inviting you. I'm worth my happiness. And it may be hard for me at first, but I'm going to give it my best shot. You guys, have a great weekend. It's already, I can't believe how fast the time went. And I had another big question, but we'll take care of that next week. I love you guys. I will see you on Monday morning. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.